Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Frank Skinner Show with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. If you'd like to be part of this show in an interactive fashion, you can text us on 81215 and may well be incorporated. You can also, if you prefer the modern world, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio or email that old baby. You can do that (laughs) via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. All those little strands going out yeah. into the uh, outside world. I love it. Tendrils. Mm. Frank, I'm going to start Great with some word. praise. Great word, tendril. I love a tendril. I'm going to yeah, start with some praise. Word. I know... <clears throat> I mean, I can read this because it's about you. Are we OK with this? It's not no. praising the radio show, it's praising oh, okay. another project. OK, that's fine. Frank has a method that cuts through the pretension that can dog other teachings in poetry and go straight to the beauty. 1983 Mm. O-level war poet syllabus could, should have been so different if taught this way. Note, he did a similar thing on portrait artist. Goodness. There you go. That's a nice start to the day. Yeah. Um, Who was that from? Malcolm Moggridge. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no. Oh dear Malcolm No lovely, that's lovely He doesn't um, get enough references on commercial radio breakfast shows I He know. got a lot of references oh, in my house growing up There were wonderful people I'm sure, on the Muggridges sure. I, uh, Good Catholic I, yeah. um, <laughs> I, oh, it's, it's my birthday next Friday So I've received gifts yeah. from the, the team and I, I was opening the gifts and I said something spontaneously this morning, God, I really like getting presents. Yeah. I think sometimes people forget how exciting it is to do it. Do you want to say what you got, Frank? Yes. Some lovely gifts. I got a book um, from the team. I got some literary socks. <laughs> so these are socks that feature the likes of Marcel Proust and Virginia Woolf. It's like if David Brent had read a book. <laughs> That's the kind of vibe you're going to be uh, going okay, for. Okay, fine. Yeah, I'm good with that. <laughs> and then um, I got a book about the great cathedrals of Europe from Emily Dean. And from the team, I got the book of um, the Beatles Get Back documentary, which I've been absolutely wrapped up in for the last um, couple of weeks. Frank, we've had a couple of questions in for you this morning. I'm going to start... Quiz. No, not a quiz. Oh, I love a quiz. <laughs> Evil Dell. Yeah. He, oh, he doesn't sound like he'd be welcome in your church, Frank. Given it's, the it sounds like a spin-off, se- <laughs> it's a spin-off series from uh, Fools and Horses. <laughs> it's like zombie Dell boy. He's got sort of red eyes. Oh, man, terrible. <laughs> oh, just Dell. Just your Blanca. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> It would be great. He looked right. Looked right for it now, David. I imagine he will kill again. Um, given the proximity to Frank's birthday, mm. timely, has he ever celebrated by attending a burn supper? It would be right mm. up his strata. Poetry, music, rustic food, and maybe some dancing. I would love it if he attended one in London and reported back. Well, that's uh, (laughs) that's a great idea. 
I, I went a step closer to that this week when I put a haggis on my Ocado order, especially for uh, for Burns Night. So I'm planning to have a Burns Night at home with me doing all the reading and maybe a little dancing, but only if I hit my thumb with a hammer. So um, yeah, I have. I've ordered. Uh, I've ordered uh, that. You know that um, cosmic ordering that Noel Edmonds used to do. And oh, you yeah. just write a list of the things you want in life, and they happen. I don't know if you've tried it. Uh-huh. Was that something with to a do? card? Though, it's about seventy percent. I find. But <laughs> he still used good. to see what were the orbs? He had? Uh, Noel Edmonds's orbs. Yes. Um, it's a good. Uh, <laughs> it's a good title for a fanzine. <laughs> Uh, yes, I can't remember what the orb. He's very cosmic, Noel Edmonds. The orbs were his. I think they mm-hmm. might have been uh, relatives who are no longer with us. Oh, he would okay. See the orbs and resting on a shoulder or something. I've got a, a stress ball that says "Calm down, dear," uh, in the voice of Michael Winner when you squeeze it, <laughs> and uh, I used to describe that as dead man in an orb. But I doubt if that was one of Noel's um, cosmic tricks. Cosmic ordering, though, just, all you've got to do is write the list. That's where it. Do you... you don't have to do any sort of chanting or anything. But where do you put it? I think it, you have to send it to Santa. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Skinner on Absolute Radio. We've had some other readers getting in touch, Frank. Yes. I don't quite know what to make of this one. Someone has got in touch, keen to know, essentially saying, has Frank Skinner ever interviewed Dame Edna Everidge? (laughs) It's from uh, a chap called Will Black, who's Mm. keen to know. Will Black is appears to be he's an anthro journalist and author of Veneer of Civilization. Okay. He's very keen to mm, know... He sounds like a hip dude. What TV show? I bet, I bet, I bet when he sent the email, he hadn't got socks on. <laughs> what yeah, TV... What, yeah. what's, what, what, what was it again? A what? A what he now? wants to know what TV show... No, what was the thing that Al, Al just queried? He, uh, he called himself through a journalist. I want to know what that is. Mm. Yeah, I don't know what that is either. He also wrote Psychopathic Cultures and Beyond the End. There you go. We better keep on his side. Then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so no wants... is the answer. Oh. I've never done. What's the closest I've got? Kylie Minogue. Well, Paloma <laughs> Faith. Paloma Faith. You feel if if you came back in thirty years' time, Paloma Faith will be have something of the day. Edna. Catherine Mendelssohn says the only place I've seen Frank Skinner and Edna Everidge together was on a show Rob Brydon hosted. They were both special guests on the An Insider's View special. So you have actually appeared, possibly not in the studio I think together. So. I bet it was Graham Norton. Oh, so whenever people so. say that, it's always Graham Norton. Oh, no. I don't remember that <laughs> at all. Don't I don't even know it. the show. <laughs> what, what was that, Insider's special? What's that about? <laughs> MI5 <laughs> documentary with Rob Brydon and <laughs> Diamond <laughs> Everett. <laughs> No, I think you were. I'm yes. looking. You were on it, Frank. No, I definitely weren't on it. Friday, September the 11th, uh, 20, 20, 2011, 10pm. Cast, Rob Brydon, Amy Spinks, Matt Lucas, Bill Bailey, Bruce Forsyth. Do you remember this? No, I definitely wasn't Will on Young it. Will Young and Frank Skinner. It wasn't me. <laughs> Do you think maybe it's a clip show and they've just dropped you yeah, in? Yeah, maybe. It was a clip show, yeah. Are you were on a 
show with Bruce Forsyth and Matt Lucas. I remembered Will Young. Will Young, I discovered. I had. I was interviewing Will Young, and they gave me some photos of him to choose from. And upside on my desk, when they were upside down, his mouth looked more like a real human mouth than when it was the right way up. <laughs> so like, like, like God or whoever you believe in, um, put the mouth on the wrong way around on uh, Will, Will oh. Young. Yeah? Uh, Al, I've got something to tell you. <laughs> I, I just I need I to was get this happy off. with the ecclesiastical tone that the show took for a moment there. <laughs> I like that. Well, I've got something I need to get off my chest. You know Frank likes oh, yeah. to give his, his helpful advice. <laughs> I think I have mm. done this to Al in the it's a very bad habit. So can we establish some examples of when Frank gives his quotes helpful advice? <laughs> he went up to Andrew Lloyd Webber and gave him advice mm-hmm. for the curtain call at one of his musicals. Yeah. I suggested to Tim Key <laughs> yeah. that he should come back on for the encore dressed as a baked bean as a bat <laughs> reference to something that happened in the show. You did it to Ross Noble mm. once as well. Well, I think it's good to what help. What did you say to Ross Noble? I can't, I can't, rem- I can't rem- imagine in... Uh, yeah, what he'll he's... do, he'll go backstage and he'll say, oh, you know, you say the usual great show, and Frank say, yeah, it's just one thing. And when he says mm-hmm. that, I just feel like throwing up. <laughs> Do you want to know where he did it it. this week? Guess where he did it this week? Well, let's make that a cliffhanger. (laughs) It makes me ill. I feel ill. We'll we'll come back. Worst one he's ever done. Can I say our producer's got a sweatshirt with a slogan on, Frank? Have you seen what it says? Um, Northern, it says. (laughs) That's helpful. I might wear one so Southern. That is how it begins. We'll be, we have to have our regional labels on. Next thing you know, it'll be names, professions, religions. Mm-hmm. Am I right, Al? I'd be all right with names, actually. That would <laughs> do me a favour. Well, I'd be good. Names and professions would have been... Uh... It's helpful to know. Sarah's got Northern. I'm just going to have absolute nightmare on my sweatshirt. All oh, right. Is that the new um, <laughs> gothic radio station that you're hosting? <laughs> That would have been good if it was just goth rock. Talking of absolute nightmare, Al, Frank gave some of his... He left us on a cliffhanger where Frank was improving something. He does this with the comedy and the theatre. I just think if you see a comic and they do a joke and you think it could be better, I think it's it's a community spirit thing to say, have you thought about Mm. saying blah, blah instead? Okay. They're free to reject it. Fine. If you see a comic, mm-hmm. where do you stand, Al, if you're at a funeral and someone's given a eulogy? <laughs> yeah, but how do you oh, like Roland, them apples? Stop all the clocks. Did you not think of this, Pat? <laughs> Is that what you did? <laughs> no, Frank, I... do you want to give your version of events and then I'll give mine? Look, I, we went. <laughs> Emily and I went to David Baddiel's dad's funeral. Um, which was a fabulous event because it was Beautiful. there was a lot of um, laughs mm. because he was a very funny bloke, and um, I just didn't get Dave's opening gag. Dave did a gag. I want to make this absolutely clear because he lives in my road. It was a funny speech. It was brilliant. Speech. I didn't get the first gag, and he said oh, I just threw it away. But of course. No comedian ever throws a, a joke away. Frank. Um, and then, of course, so, and I, to and be f- had to chat forensically about it. <laughs> I just wanted, I just thought, you know, when you do your next eulogy, 
This will be helpful. Yeah. <laughs> it was the most turbulent and I want him to get thing it right. ever. I walked over. I saw Frank. I almost vomited. I almost vomited. I heard, just heard him saying, "The thing is, when you start, I thought he's not." Look, I want to get. I want. I want David Baddiel to get his eulogies up to speed because let, if we had a vote on who his next eulogy was going to be for. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'd be up there, let's face it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it was a very smart, fine speech, and it was a beautiful eulogy. And I'm pointing that out mainly because David asked me to. <laughs> oh, right. I didn't, no, no, it was it was lovely. There wasn't it, and either his brother spoke. It was. And it, Dan, was it was. And it was. It was. I tell you what was um, kind. Well, I'll, I'll I'll tell you after this because the producer's doing that thing of pinching that fleshy bit under my armpit. Oh, yeah. But it was. But there was something that really, um, you know, you get a moment of revelation when the clouds part and the sun shines through and you think, oh, yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. That happened. I love it when that happens. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. I had to stop myself saying to uh, David Baddiel's uh, kids were there, obviously, um, Ezra and lovely Dolly, and I had to stop myself. I nearly said it, Frank. What was that? I nearly said, aren't you tall? Oh, oh yes. Oh, the old auntie. Yeah. Oh. Is it, you've either got... The trouble is they've both left school now, kind of, so yeah. it, it's, you, can't, you, you can't say the old... Tall, though, how's it going at school? <laughs> what other questions are? What do you do? What have you got in your locker for the encountering young people? Yeah, I'm not quite at the uh, my haven't you grown state. Well, I'll tell you um, what's died out, yeah. the ruffling of the hair on boys, because boys now have got product in and stuff. Oh, can't yeah, you can't, you, the old ruffle of the school. What are you doing, Johnny? Johnny? Yeah, that's what they were all called. Anyway, let me tell you something lovely. There's a lot of gel in there. Oh, God, there's a lot of that. You don't want to not be able to get your hand out. Like when Spider-Man suddenly realises yeah. he's becoming Spider-Man, he starts sticking to stuff. Anyway, so at the end of the funeral, they played the goons, mm. the ying-tong song. Ying-tong, ying-tong, ying-tong. And I suddenly had a revelation. Because I've been watching this Beatles programme obsessively. Mm. John Lennon is absolutely... He, he can't stop doing... Oh, Eddie, oh God, and, and all these voices and that all the time and announcements. And he shot through with the goons, John yes. Lennon. As was Dave's mm -hmm. dad. Dave's dad was always saying these little funny phrases and things. Mm. And I think the goons kind of... Here's my view. I'm going to give it you quick. After World War One, people were so horrified by what had happened that modernism happened, which was like James Joyce, T.S. Eliot, the idea yeah. of changing the whole view of the world, giving up on language and everything. I think after World War Two, people thought the best way to deal with it was to go, <laughs> and all that. And there's a whole generation of blokes who fought in the war going, what, 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 and all that stuff. And the terrible yeah. tragedy of it all mm. is one of them is... It's all about rebelling against formality and being told yeah. what to do, being ridiculous and silly. And the one bloke who's mad on the goons is <laughs> Prince Charles. <laughs> who is, so he's got all that goonery trapped inside him. He's dying in speeches to go, whoa, I didn't know. And he, he can't <laughs> do any of it. That, that he will explode. Well, do you know what? I, his goon soul should be allowed to sing openly. I think so as yeah, well. I'm with mm. you on that, Frank. I have a feeling that when he when he was dating the young, um, beautiful Diana, he made her listen to the goons, though, you know, and stuff like that. It was oh. just tough for a young girl. Do you know, see, I, I, I would have been fine with that. 
Yeah, but you're a different different breed altogether. But would you... Different kind of gal. <laughs> but you see, the, having a goon soul when you're in um, an establishment like that is tricky. But I think what happened mm. was goonery was starting to die down and yes. then and then that, and they threw in Monty Python to to keep keep it going again. <laughs> People thinking yeah. of this. <laughs> sorry, sorry. This is a social <laughs> commentary with Frank Skinner. Absolute yeah. radio. Living history on Radio Four. I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll go back to um, um, saying silly things and noises. What the, the boss going to say? They're going to be listening. To They'll it. be all right. They're they're, they're doing uh, absolute um, social history. <laughs> absolute post-war. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute post-war responses. What about if they brought that out? I don't know what the music would be. It'd just be Jonah Louie over and over again. So anyway, I'm sorry, that won't happen again. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. We've had <laughs> this message in from uh, Jamie Wood. Jamie Wood, of course. I know that name. Do you remember? Yes. Jane yeah. Wood offered me scale trick based advice um, last week. Well, uh, Jamie yeah. Wood is very good in what I call aftercare. Oh. I usually apply that to the dating world, but that's in a whole other story. Well, you're the first person I've ever heard <laughs> use that phrase. <laughs> what happens after someone dumps you? What's, what's their aftercare, aftercare like? Aftercare is everything. It's crucial. <laughs> yeah. I believe it's something... Uh, I, I believe, I'm afraid... Uh, Footballers talk about aftercare. It's, oh, is it's that to stop right? people being cross, yeah. Oh, so they don't just go practice to the... aftercare. Always practice. Well, you should oh, just out right, of decency yeah. practice decent aftercare. I always think with relationships, a full stop is better than a dot, 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 though. Mm. Well, there's a full stop, but you can have a classy full stop. I'll, mm. I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll think about whether to tell this story or not, but I once had some genius aftercare. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, let's uh, we'll let that marinate okay. and hopefully it'll come out. Jamie Wood. Mm -hmm. The big birthday question mm. a week early, but anyway, because he's on Friday. The big birthday question for Frank on the radio is: Did the Scalex trick fix work? Well, I've got to tell you. Um, is it actually from Jamie Wood? Because oh, yeah. Jamie Wood. What happened? In case you didn't listen last week, is my son received a. Batman versus the Joker scale extric set. And for some reason, I've been playing with it successfully for about a week, the Joker would only reverse. Mm. Such as his anarchic <laughs> life view. Anyway, so it was, uh, we couldn't work it out, and the, under, the underbrush got all, um, all squidgy and, and, uh, and wrong. Mm. So, um, what happened was he, um, Jamie said, turn the whole thing round. And if you turn it the wrong way, it'll break. And if you turn it the right way, it'll, it'll mend it. So mm. it's a lot of pressure on, on being my dad I'm mending. Like a, a sort of a, I'm picturing like a wire cutting moment on the bomb disposal scene in a film. It That's was like, yeah, I, had, I, was, yeah. I was wearing a stethoscope. <laughs> which I had on the bottom of the car. <laughs> but you know what? I've got to say, Jamie, thank you so much. It was a great success. I, I managed to oh. choose the right way, and now the Joker oh, is back in action. Oh. So oh, isn't that what, one of the joys of having this show is that people can reach out 
and help each other. Oh, and I seem to remember help you, you didn't really want us to discuss it a lot on air, but uh, I insisted. <laughs> and, uh, and we got we got lots of humour out of it and and resolution. What a nice thing. No, you're right. You were absolutely. I was wrong and you were right. <laughs> oh, I I give you that. Fair enough, mate. Okay. I was just interested in the theatre of the mundane, which I enjoy. Hey, we've had an update on somebody who is um, a fan of the goons. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and says, hi, all, re-goonery. It's alive and well and where I work on the railway at Cambridge. Many a silly voice to be heard, all in jokes. Radio 4 Extra still play the goons. Do they? I was brought up on it uh, through my granddad and father, they say. Still makes me and my mates laugh. Well, I'm going to have to check it out. I think think that counts as one of our late reviews. Mm. Well, I'll tell you what I used to watch when I was a kid on the telly, which is something um, maybe we could think of doing for this show, was a puppet show called The Telly Goons, which I think was the radio scripts um, turned into a, a puppet show. I think it was the actual radio shows themselves. Right. And then they used puppets to... uh, to oh, say the right. stuff you never hear the tell there's no a bit of our I suppose people like Prince Charles thought that was an outrage to make it a visual <laughs> thing <laughs> nearly dropped his kilt um, his kilt tool whatever that's called <laughs> you know that thing you have to put a kilt on with looks a bit like the orange thing that you use what's for that? taking Lego bricks oh what's that what the sporran no, I think there's actually like when I was fitted for a kilt, I had to kneel in the uh, in the changing room. Did you indeed? So I hadn't got the money. You said. Oh no. my! And that's how they God. measure. That's how they measure the length of a kilt. That when you kneel, it should touch the floor. Why do they have that safety pin as well on the side? Silly that. Well, these are the these are the <laughs> questions, of course. <laughs> There'll be more from Frank Skinner's Scottish Quiz tomorrow night on Radio Aberdeen, (laughs) where granite sounds great. Oh, dear. That's one of the strangest first hours we've ever done (laughs) on this show. It felt like the goons. The goons made the goons sound a bit straight. We'll, We'll be all right after the break. Sorry, everyone. This is Frank Skinner. Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. This is uh, Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily D. It's actually called Kenneth Williams. Is it? Um, Anyway, um... This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. You can text the show on 8.12.15. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio or email the show via the Absolute Radio... No, via... Frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. I went into the old message from the past, easily done. Uh, well, just, I think if David Bedell's listening at, at home, end. he should ring in with some advice on how, on yeah. Yeah, just on how you could do the. Yeah, everything. you're right. Go on now. <laughs> I'd like to point out that you uh, you ended the last hour saying that the first hour had been weird, and then opened with um, an anecdote about a cat called Kenneth Williams. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and, well uh, I need a rap. changing the system. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I need a ramp from weird. I can't just jump. I can't make the mighty leap. What about this from 378? Pete in Guildford. He might do the job. The safety pin on a kilt is a piece of jewellery that is used to weigh it down to stop it blowing in the wind. The lower corner uh, is known as an apron 
and it would all blow open without it. Oh, okay. Yeah, you your don't witness. want um, you don't want your Scottish gentleman having one of those. Is it Marilyn Monroe moments? No, you don't want that. Standing over the. You no. don't want that. I thought Scottish gentleman was a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> it is now. There is. Um, yes. I can't think of any way of saying this in a clean way, so I'm not going to say. It. Never stop you. The oh. producer shook her head as you said that. Oh, well, there you go. But what did that mean? <laughs> like a horse shakes its head when it's like. I'm going to try again. Not bad, not bad horse impression. The producer put my headphones on during the thing and they're obviously, they're, they're bigger than they were and she completely denied she'd adjusted them. I still can't decide She has a massive bouffant hairdo, oh, I should point out. careful when you say that. <laughs> Uh, shall I tell you about my aftercare briefly? Yes. I think I should share oh, it with yeah. you. Do you okay. want to hear it, Al? Which, uh, if you've just tuned yeah. in, th- this is about the theory that if you have cause to dump someone, which is yeah. always an awful thing, mm. it is a myth that it's worse for the person who's oh, doing yeah. it than the person who's getting it. But, yeah. it, but Emily mm. put to me some time ago, there should be a thing called aftercare, which is where you get a bit of post-dumping... Um, Nurturing. Yeah, it's or, how or you it on nurturing. You shall be remembered by the manner of your departure. Mm. And I had some lovely mm. aftercare once. It was a gentleman. I think it's fair to say the liaison had been brief. Okay. As brief as uh, is possible, really. Oh, really? That brief. Dangerous. It was. <laughs> Do you still need aftercare after that? Oh, that's that, that, that when aftercare is most important. Okay. Okay. Is it, is it just a cooked breakfast, or am I being too laddy? It's a, it's a, for me, it's an Uber. <laughs> <laughs> Books by your PA. <laughs> <laughs> no, anyway. So, this. Uh, there was no particular... Uber when I was doing that sort of thing. I think I'd have had to get her a handsome cab. Penny <laughs> <he> Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I shall call you a cab, my dear. You would have had like a Flintstones, like a pterodactyl <laughs> driving it. So, essentially, this gentleman, and I'm going to call him that because his behaviour, I think, was very gentlemanly. We had the brief of, briefest of liaison. The A few days later, you know, you're waiting. You're at work in those days, waiting for the phone to ring. Phone call came there, none. I'm getting the message. Mm. But he's obviously worked out, we're going to see each other again. We were in similar worlds, I'll tell you off air. Mm. And he did something which I think now, in hindsight, was very clever. I got a phone call from his secretary. So already he's putting up a slight boundary. Mm. But I still got the phone Mm. call. From his secretary. That's good. (laughs) And then he said... uh, she, the secretary said, hello, Mr X uh, yeah. would very much like to invite you to a football game. I said, oh, how lovely. He wasn't playing, can I say? No, he wasn't a footballer. Okay. He would very much like to invite yeah. you to a football game. He's got a box and he'd like to... I said, oh, this is lovely. Thank you. I'm getting excited. I'm planning what to wear. I'm sort of planning it's like the wedding. the general election, putting your ex <laughs> in a box. Yeah. <laughs> you need something for that. Come on, a jingle. Um, it's I'll see, uh, what about this? Can we stop it there? The producer is really getting very uh, shirty. Well, I think this is northern sweat shirty. We can leave this on. on We'll leave it there. You've been offered a box at the game by the man who. um, Well, anyway, the man. (laughs) Mm. Okay, more more soon. (laughs) 
Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. We were mid um, mid anecdote. So you've had a liaison. Mm-hmm. You've had a call from his secretary. Yeah. I like that. And uh, you've been invited to a box at a football game. Yeah. It was okay. at Spurs, actually. Wrong team, but that's all right. Okay, yeah. And I thought, this is classy. This is good. He's left it a few days. He's got the secretary to call, but he's invited me on a date to mm. the football. I'm at, and in a box, no less. Mm. So I said I'd be delighted to come. His secretary said, lovely. He's just asked as well, um, do feel free to bring a plus one. Oh. <laughs> I see. And I said, OK. Um, and then I put the phone down and I realised it was an absolute masterclass in aftercare. Because what he'd done is invited me, but by saying bring a date, essentially, mm. he's making it clear. Yeah, it's much better than asking right. his secretary to say, <laughs> um, by the way, he said, don't get any funny ideas. <laughs> It's better than that, isn't That's it? That's essentially what he was saying. Yeah, if anyone said that to Although, me... Although, are, we, are we certain? Are we certain that that's what he was saying? I mean... Oh, now we, you tell me sure out. sure that he wasn't... He wasn't saying not so much les liaisons dangereux, <laughs> but more... Manoir. No, no, go on, no. I hope he wasn't. Uh, I hope he wasn't saying that. Not at the football. What? No, no. And I tell you who Keep it is. Not <laughs> reminded at the football, not will you? Not three at the back. Um, if it was, uh, <laughs> if it was Pacino, pa- oh Pochettino, he never replied that. As I once heard at Arsenal, keep it simple, Morrow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, exactly. Let's return to uh, the outside world, Frank Skinner. Mm. Well, everyone has to eventually. Yeah, we do. We've had some uh, correspondence, haven't we, Al? Did you see the Tony the Tiger correspondence? Sounds. I did. Please hold forth. Well, Julie Maguire, she is a Yorkshire woman exiled in Virginia, USA. Okay. Long-time listener. Was thrilled to hear you mention the time you went to Wembley with David Baddiel and a somewhat under the weather Tony the Tiger. For indeed, I can confirm that it was the old Wembley Stadium they attended for the England oh, versus Poland Euro 2000 qualifier because I was that Tiger's keeper. Working at the time for Kellogg's <laughs> and Frosty's PR company, we're not getting paid. This is just in no, the context no, we're not. of the editorial. We're not. We're not Jess and Eve Gale, are we? Our team was tasked... I say, we're not Jess and Eve Gale. Our team was tasked with getting Tony into (laughs) unexpected places with celebrity friends in an effort to raise his profile. Oh, nice. If my memory serves me well, Tony had also recently attended London Fashion Weeks. (laughs) 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 <laughs> to make his catwalk debut. Oh, nice. Oh, He'd also been a stunt good. double for Julie Goodyear. Oh, very. <laughs> Much to our client's satisfaction, we managed to secure the obligatory paparazzi pictures of Frank, David and Tony having a great time. Yes. <laughs> Picture enclosed. I've got it here. We should put it up on the socials. Oh. Before Tony slinked off tail between his legs for his catnap. However... I have serious doubts as to whether Tony's exhaustion, which Frank referred to last week, was caused by being the Pink Panther the week before, as intimated by Frank. I'm only quoting uh, T, T the T. 
or whether treble tea. <laughs> it was having recently spent time out on the tune with England legend Paul Gascoigne. Oh, okay. Read as you decide. I Despite see. this happening more than 20 years ago, there is one thing I can recall from that day with absolute certainty regarding Frank Skinner. I mm. think we need to leave people on a cliffhanger with this because it's quite something. <laughs> it's been a real cliffhanger. Is that supposed to be? It's all very chaotic this yeah, morning. Just wait I feel it. like in a minute my alarm clock will go off. And this, <laughs> this has just been some <laughs> odd dream. <laughs> I left us once again. We've had some extraordinary cliffhangers already this morning. Mm -hmm. We've had what was the specific bit of aftercare I enjoyed after a one-night liaison. Yeah. We now... I don't think we actually established it was one night, but there it is. (laughs) (laughs) There it is recorded. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What a whole night. Whole night. (laughs) Love. Love is in the air. (laughs) Julie Maguire mm. has got in touch with her email entitled I Was That Tiger's Keeper. Oh, yes. She yes. has established that she oh, was looking yes. after Tony the Tiger on the day Frank and David were at Wembley with him. Mm. For, I think it was England mm-hmm. v Poland, Euro 2000 qualifier. She says there's knowledge. something she recalls from that day with absolute certainty... And this is with regard to Frank Skinner. I'm a little edgy about this, but carry on. Aren't we all, Mm -hmm. dear? Yeah. Do you want to know what it is, Al? Yeah, go on, fire away. Al? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Good luck, everyone. (laughs) Frank's insistence... Not a good start. Yeah. Frank's insistence that we had the worst England seats he had ever sat in. (laughs) Good times. (laughs) Praise redacted, Julie. Julie, I I can't apologise enough. Well... I don't think that's... I think I'm just, just making a point, probably. I mean, the reason that old Wembley became new Wembley is there were some rubbish places to sit there. <laughs> but when you're, uh, when you're with, um, you know, the, the, the cover boy of one of the country's top-selling uh, cereals, you expect, you know... <laughs> Yeah. You expect to be having in a good spot. I'm just that's what I'm, I'm just saying. gutted I, I didn't run into him at London Fashion Week on the catwalk. <laughs> I mean I'd love to have seen him at London Fashion Week. I'd love I wish he had you know when people struggle to cross a leg? Mm. Especially with a large thick oh, onesie. Yeah. Well I was at a party at um, Gary Lineker's house once when he um challenged Will Carlin to cross his legs. Will Carlin, the England rugby captain. Oh, and, and how was it? He couldn't do it. His thighs were so muscular. He wouldn't be allowed on the front row then. He couldn't do it. No, that was one of the great regrets of his you life. Front row as in rugby or front row as in fashion? <laughs> yeah. Are you talking about scrums? <laughs> well, it is something of a scrum, let me tell you. I mean, it's, it's a great reason yeah. for not being able to cross your legs is that you're so muscular. If you're going to have, you know, a reason yeah. for not of being able to. Muscular, is that mm-hmm. what you call it? Well, they were like okay. hard, like this. He was a big hard. unit, wasn't he? Oh, man. Mm. A big what? Unit. Oh, a unit, okay. What did you think I said? I think you said unit. <laughs> Of course, you know what I should have said when I said goodbye to Tony the Tiger? Go on. Do you remember we did a thing that um, 
We read a thing from Justin Toper, the astrologist. We read a thing on the show from his Twitter. Yes. Saying that he said, I have a new catchphrase when saying goodbye. Stay frosty. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a great one for Tony the Tiger. And, of course, anyone who was cryogenically uh, preserved who you were saying goodbye to. <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah. We've just put um, up this I'd picture like to now. Bring a... Oh, go on. Oh, what, no, I'm just saying we've just put up, up this picture of Tony the Tiger with a... Uh, we're getting so many there great. Of course. It's a lovely picture of you, yeah. David. Is it? Well, Not... everyone looks good when they stand next to a faux tiger. <laughs> I would have thought. Yeah. I could be wrong. Yeah. Good point. That's probably why I uh, went to London Fashion Week. Yeah. I went to London Fashion Week. I was escorted by a woman that you may recall, Tanya Bryer. Oh, yeah. And it was great because Tanya Bryer knew all the uh, ins and outs of the fashion houses. Mm. So she'd say to me, yeah, this uh, they caused a bit of a sensation last year with a high collar, so everyone's looking mm. to see. And there's all that stuff. And, of course, oh. if ever you're with an, a sort of someone who's in the now, it makes things much more interesting. Well, what was your association? Was it a relationship? No, it was, a, it was a... I think she was writing up going to London Fashion Week with Frank Skinner. That was Extraordinary. Her. Yeah. Very nice mm. woman. I wish I'd read that article. OK yeah. magazine, London Fashion Week, with, this week with Frank Skinner. I think that's what it was, was all about, anyway. OK. It might have just been a day. don't think so. OK. <laughs> uh, back to our I'd like to. Um, I'd like to, to bring your attention to a story that caught my ears this week. I heard people on the radio talking about um, a dog that was rescued from a, a dangerous area using a sausage attached to a drone. <laughs> yes. Now, this, I, I appreciate that Frank has already several times a day thought he was dreaming, and this may <laughs> not be helpful, because it sounds like a dream, doesn't it? Uh, but they, they actually tied a cooked sausage to a bit of string and then teased a Jack Russell mm. off, um, off some dangerous mud flats mm. in, uh, in Pompey, Portsmouth. Mm. It's um, amazing. It's it's one of those stories where when the person thought of that idea, I bet there was some initial giggling, and then mm. and he said, had to say, no, no, or she had to say, no, no, I'm I'm serious. Yeah, I think that would work. It's uh, yeah. So they got a. Dr I did. This is something I was shocked about. There is an organisation called the. Um, the Den, what's the name of the place they're at? Denmere, here is it? Anyway, yes. it's the drone search and rescue team. I didn't know yeah. drones had become a part of search and rescue. That passed me by. Mm, I thought they were just used to bother neighbours with. Yeah. Well, yeah, um, Katie I, I, Price told I me she had one of her own, and Katie Price used to um, send the drone out oh. to make sure that, to see if there was paparazzi outside the front gate. And if there wasn't, she stayed in. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. Absolute radio. Speaking of surprises, dog rescued by sausage on string, flown <laughs> over by drone, was the uh, story we're discussing at the moment. I was interested that the guy, um, the Chris Taylor... Mm -hmm. The chair of the uh, drone search and rescue team 
said, uh, yeah, it was a sausage someone got from Aldi's. Aldi, is it? And I thought, are you doing a read? <laughs> He's doing a read for... <laughs> you know what I thought? I thought, are you Jess and Eve Gale? Yeah. I should say Jess and Eve Gale are two um, sisters from Love Island who have been um, reprimanded, I think, for doing tweets and things that are really adverts, but they haven't... You have to say if you're doing an advert, I think. Yes. Oh, dear. And we would. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Thank you. So I don't know if uh, if Chris Taylor was doing an advert for Aldi, but uh, <laughs> and another thing that got me as well, you'll you'll get this. I think those who know the show well mm. was he's, they had to wait for a local resident to cook the sausage. <laughs> Mm. Now, as you know, as children in our house, my brothers and and sister and I, we used to eat raw sausages. Yes. So if it's good enough for us... I don't. I, I, why? Why would you have to cook the sausage? Yeah, but you do sometimes have this attitude, Frank. It'll be like, oh, we walk for seventeen miles with no shoes and blisters. It's good enough for us. I know, but this is a dog, <laughs> remember. I know, I but some of the things he this. said about dogs, Al, he said in the past, oh, he didn't need leads, they just went off on their own all day. Yeah, well, it was good enough for us. We encouraged independence. They were very free range. The, <laughs> they were free the range. dogs were very free range. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I have a theory about the cooking of the sausage, though. Okay. Surely if they're using the sausage on a string to tempt the dog off the um, dangerous area, a, a, a cooked sausage is smellier, so the dog will be like... <laughs> Oh, I'll run that way. Is that not what they did? Oh, yes. I see. The dog's not going to go, ooh, a raw sausage is over there. You could still smell. Our dog, we feed it on uh, raw meat. Okay. And uh, yeah. she seems enthusiastic. Okay. Um, I say Your raw meat. Like a... Stray cats. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not really. Frank, <laughs> I mean... No, I wouldn't. No, it, it, it gets... Um, we, we get... Um, it she gets um, a half a carton of raw meat um, a meal, okay, and seems very happy with it. So I think a dog would be allured by my, not uh, my yeah. dog. Wouldn't like a raw sausage. Oh, my dog no. insists on my dog will only eat hot food. I have to cook his food in the saucepan. Wow, wowee! Yeah, before I eat, it's... I have to cook his food. I've given him cold food before. He turns nose up. <laughs> Well, is that why you were saying you were off air? You were considering hiring a chef for your dog when you're busy. <laughs> he honestly would not eat a, a something like an old sausage or something. He would oh, well, never. Well, if ever he, if ever he gets uh, trapped in uh, what, what what was it quicksand yeah. or something? Quicksand. Frank, it's not seventies comic book. Quicksand. Quicksand. No, things does exist. Surely, doesn't it? It's not a thing. Fifty or so years. Uh, what happened to quicksand? Quicksand is one of the few things I can think of where I know what your I know the big don't. Don't struggle. Oh, yeah. I remember Matt Ford saying to me once on my podcast... He You've said, gone Matt Ford crazy I this have. morning. I've got meningitis. Yeah. Um, but I remember him saying to me, we just don't hear of quicksand anymore. Ah, well, He's there not... you go. He's, I think it, it probably it's in other countries, but you wouldn't... This was... What was oh, this yeah. dog in? <laughs> this dog was just in mod flats, I think. Okay. Um, yeah. But uh, used the sausage. I think um, Les Dennis tried it to get Amanda Holden back. The uh, sausage on the uh, drone. 
I think sometimes you have to accept they've gone. Well, and to bring it back round to dogs, <laughs> don't you remember when uh, there was a, I sent my dog away to the Country Dog Hotel and a photograph was sent to me of him with Les Dennis? Oh, is that right? And you said, is he doing comedy at the dog hotel now? <laughs> <Dogs>. <laughs> oh, no. No, I saw Les Dennis recently. I love uh, Les Dennis. In um, HMS Pinafore at the Coliseum. He's very fine. It's fabulous. Frank's Uh, this is Frank Skinner, by the way, on Absolute Radio. You can text the show on 81215. Uh, I love it when they do that. So do I. Mm-hmm. Um, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio, likewise. Email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. Mother. Do you ever watch tech TV before coming in here? Yes, always. Oh, so do I. I, d- I watched uh, Mark Kermode this morning. Did you see him? No, I switched him off for Sky Sports <gasps> News. I noticed something about Mark Kermode, which I love, which is a certain type of man. He has a brooch, but it's a a guitar, mm. a silver. No, he guitar. always wears that. I think that's that's significant. I think, oh. and he wears that small model of a surfer on the top of his quiff. <laughs> and he was in a band with David Baddiel at school. Was he really? Yes, right. I've discussed this before. Can I, t- I tell you a story that um, my... Um, this is on the, on the subject of the scent of smell that dogs have compared to humans. Mm. I was talking to um, um, Claudio, who is the geologist who lives next door to me, and he's always, telling me, he's always telling me science facts, and he, tell, he gives Buzz science books and things. He's really into all that mega time. And... Um, he was, we were talking, I was out with um, my dog and he, he said, um, he said, you know, um, some people, he said, I was listening to a lecture by blah, 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 science lecture. Mm. He said, some people, if you put a spoonful of sugar in their tea, they claim that the tea smells differently. They can smell the sugar in their tea. Yeah. And that's seen as very acute sense of smell in a human being. He said, a dog, according to this lecture, you could put a spoonful of sugar in two Olympic swimming pools of water and the dog would be able to smell the difference. Wow. Mm. See, I think I've got canine olfactory senses because I can honestly... You know, when we're doing this... Al, I'm not lying. I can smell... If the flat opposite, Absolute Radio, are cooking garlic and onions. I know, you've said that to me before. I smell that cooking from across the road, and I think, what? what you and t- you can't smell no, it. And no, I, think that's I can't. Like, I, my sense of smell, it actually causes me problems. It's so finely tuned. But why do these creatures with this acute sense of smell need to get, like, three mil from other dogs' behinds? I mean, you'd think that would be such overload <laughs> that it would knock them unconscious. <laughs> That's very odd. I find that seems to be contradictory. It's got, it causes problems when you have a very highly developed sense of smell. Did I tell you once I was out walking with uh, Kath, my partner? We used to go on lots of walking holidays, still do. Yeah. And um, we could smell aniseed. Oh, yeah. And I said to her, well, they must have. Is, does aniseed grow on bushes or trees I can really smell it strong and suddenly we had this and these about seven enormous hounds approaching us it's really quite frightening we had to step out of the way and they shot past us on the path Mm. and um, 
it was all very confusing. And then we saw these blokes um, and we realised that they were training these dogs to follow a scent using aniseed. Just happened oh. to be using a public footpath. Yeah. But then we walked a bit further and there was another dog, one of these hounds, who was just frolicking on its own <laughs> in a section of grass. <laughs> Hadn't picked up the aniseed and was just joyfully skipping around. And I think me and Kath <laughs> both thought, that's us, isn't it? Yeah. The rest of the world driven, powering yeah. forward with focus, and we frolic. <laughs> it's quite a bonding moment, I thought. Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. Ultra Magnus, one of our regulars, has got in touch regarding oh. the story about Millie the dog and the sausage. Oh, Millie, I didn't, I didn't get oh, her yeah. name. Wow. Yeah. There's a lot of Millies, especially in the... North London area, you get trampled by the rush if you call out Millie in North London. Well, we got a poppy and there's a lot of poppies. Okay. Yeah. There's not many Raymonds. No, I it's don't. It's quite weird. There's very <laughs> few Ken- Kenneth Williams in the cat world. <laughs> that could be yeah. a one-off. Respect. Ultra Magnus. Yes. You're familiar with Ultra Magnus, one of our uh, beloved regulars. Who once met us outside the studio. Charming. With his good lady wife. What's happened no. to you? Vip used to say he's good lady wife. That used to be a thing. Yeah. My worst thing, and when and I will write someone off, is if I meet a gentleman of a certain age hmm. and he says, and I don't know, believe you've met my lady. Oh, oh God. my no. lady. It's very Howard's way, my lady. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Ultra Magnus. I don't think raw sausage meat has the structural... I'm going to start that again because it was terrible. I don't think raw sausage meat has the structural integrity to survive being dangled below a drone. But a raw sausage... Wait, hold your high A cooked sausage is much more rigid. Yes, but... (laughs) I didn't say sausage meat. I meant a raw sausage was what I said. And Mm -hmm. so you've you've still got the skin. One could argue it would hold on even better because I think the skin is more likely to break on a a cooked sausage than it is on a raw one. Yeah. We used to like... Subject of this. Sorry? Go on. We used it like... When we used to eat raw sausage, we used the skin like... Do you remember Tip Tops? And they probably call them something else in London. They were like frozen things that came in a... Oh, yeah. Long, thin frozen things, and you ate them out of the packet. We ate the sausage like oh, that. Oh, they sort of ice pops, yeah. Yeah, That's like made ice pops. Mm. Ruth- the more you retell these stories, the more gross I find it. <laughs> well, I tell you what, recently... Um, now, I see what you think about this. I, I, I cooked some sausages... And I forgot well to done. I forgot to prick them. And I always I've always pricked sausages because it is I understood that if you don't they explode. Mm. Split. Right. You get those horrible, sort of terrible open wounds on the side of a cooked sausage. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes they look like like mouths. You can see that like a yeah. lip. Um and nothing happened whatsoever. They cooked fine. No yeah. need mm. for that. That's fine. Mm. Uh, and I just thought the time I've wasted pricking sausages was that wasted. I cut a cross yeah. at the end of a Brussels sprout. Of Is that did. a waste of time? Yeah. Wow. Waste of time. I cut the a cut across on the top of a uh, chestnut before it goes in the oven. <laughs> 
about baked potato? No, but they explode chestnuts, don't they? Surely. I'm wasting my time. This is food prep. This is the full level of my food prep, is those three things. I mean, I don't really get involved with cooking chestnuts because I'm not a Victorian squire. (laughs) Okay. well, I'm thinking it's a very sort of bonfire night (laughs) thing to do, and I choose it. How's your venison pie and your quail? I'd rather cook Mm. chestnuts than an effigy of a Roman Catholic... uh, Freedom fighter. <laughs> That's my view. That escalated. Anyway. Uh, Frank, do you want to hear what Ruth Jordan briefly has to say? I do. The producer's getting on my back about talking too much. Well, well just this quickly. I love the fact this is regarding a photo that has been put up on social media of yourself, David Baddiel, and Tony the Tiger. Hmm. Ruth points out, I love the fact that someone has written Tony with a pen on Tony the Tiger's scarf. Like they had the costume made and then thought, what if people don't recognise him? We better write his name on it. I think he was probably probably went into wardrobe and there's several other character scarves in there and that, that's why he's got his name on. He doesn't want to come out wearing a Rupert scarf accidentally. <laughs> so I, I think that's like, you know, when you send, send your kids to school, they've got to have their name tags. <laughs> I think that's what happened with, uh, with Tony. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. What else? You know what? I'll tell you what else. I would love to take a little stroll down previously lane. Oh, yes. Now, this is when people um, write in about stuff that's happened on last week's show, sometimes shows before that. It gives the whole thing... Some people, you know, they listen to the show on the podcast. They miss out on my fabulous musical choices, but there you have it. (laughs) And then they respond. Um, So, uh... Sorry. So we don't. Oh, I don't uh, think he was offering that for you to laugh at. No, me. that was just that was sincere. <laughs> that was utterly sincere. I don't do utterly yeah. sincere that often. No, not on this. And then show. you do, and she chuckles. She I know. Chuckles. Yeah. That's what they like. <laughs> yeah. So it's all right when they do it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're down in previously corner lane. We don't, we don't have, sadly, we don't have a, a jingle for, for previously. You're quite good at spontaneous comedy. Come on, Frank, come up with one. OK, then, um, here we go. <laughs> that, was fairly, that was fairly previously. And there's lots mm-hmm. of people who've got previous for Kung Fu fighting. Yeah? OK. Is there? I think so. I want to take us back to 15th of January... 2022 three wheel cars this is from which we were discussing you may remember Ian McDonnell in Preston Mm. Uh, listening to your comments regarding the three wheelers my dad used to have a Bond mini three wheeler made in my hometown of Preston and to start it he had to open the bonnet (laughs) 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 open the bonnet yeah. Climb into the engine bay and then kickstart it like a motorcycle. Oh, wow. <laughs> Imagine when it stalled at the lights. But was there a problem with it or was that how they worked? I, I have no idea. Perhaps, Ian, if you could furnish us with 
any more information. And this was a Bond, did you say? This was a Bond mini three-wheeler. OK. Are you familiar with those? No, I'm, I don't Fine know the Bond. There was a fabulous thing, unless it's the Bond bog he's talking about. The Bond bog was an orange car that looked like a wedge of cheese. Mm. And it was in the sort of... It would be one of the forerunners of the smart car. Mm. And it was regarded... Uh. I think they pitched it as being quite cool. Um, But I don't know if it was... I think that he might have had a Bond bog. That's, I wonder uh, if that um, if owning one of those would either make me hungry or make me want to play Trivial Pursuit more. <laughs> <laughs> it was a similar size, I must say. <laughs> oh, I haven't even thought of a Bond bog for all those years. So if anyone else has got any Bond bog information. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. We... Would you remember, are we still in previously? Mm. Because, good, I'd like to stay there. Because, Al, we've had some fabulous correspondence re the ain't chair. Oh, yes. Do you want to remind oh. everyone? Yeah, we talked about which celebrities did we think would unironically use the word ain't. Mm. Like, uh, and, uh, and um, I, <laughs> I ain't going there. When people say stuff like that, it's a bit five life. We've got a few. We've got King of the Ancient. This is a nominee from uh, Russ Appleby, who refers to himself as Prisoner 937. He's nominating Pete Waterman. Oh, yeah. I think he's used it in every interview I've ever seen him in. E.g., speaking of Rick Astley, I said to him, you ain't never beating that kid. In fact, when I once did a sketch, a pop idol sketch, on, well, I had a chat show before the war, and uh, <laughs> I remember being Pete I Waterman that. in that, and I said... I think it was with Britney Spears. Britney Spears was I the... Remember. And I said, uh, and you ain't going to be a pop <laughs> idol. So, yeah, ain't was he was an ain't, very mm. much an ain't guy. Al, have you seen these other ones? Uh, Stephen... Well... Stephen C79 uh, with possibly my favourite an unsuspected <laughs> member of the Ain't Club is hashtag Jeremy Irons who, oh. who according according to Wikipedia once said in an interview about Beer's Honours I don't think it would apt for the establishment to pull me in as one of their own for I ain't yeah wow that's uh, yeah. It's sort of better coming from him because you'd know it would be delivered with a good timbre. Do you know, I saw... I ain't. I saw Irons, hashtag Irons, on The One Show recently. Oh, yeah. And his boots were trending. They were the most... Were they? Actorish boots I've <laughs> ever seen in my whole life. Oh. No civilian would ever wear those boots. They were actors' boots. They what were, were they brown like? and battered. They weren't like normal boots. <laughs> were I'm... they over the trousers? I've sh- I took a picture of them. I took a screen grab. <laughs> of course they were over the trousers. Yeah. I. Um... They were sort of uh, Regency boots. They were very, he is on 200 a year. <laughs> Mr Irons. They were extraordinary. I'll show them you. Um, I, I um, when I... Jeremy Irons is between jobs, he feels rusty. So, uh, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> um, did he used to be in the Levelers? <laughs> I um, the, there's a he, he read um, he read some of T. S. Eliot's poetry on Radio Four, and you can get it as a 
as a CD. And on the front of that, even though he's just in a studio, he's got an enormous scarf. Great he piece. It's like him appearing out of a scarf like a coiled snake. Smoking rollies. Oh, I love it. I ain't. <laughs> Good actor, though. Fair play to J.I. Yeah. I saw him in the Rover at Stratford in the 1970s. Have we got time for a quick final eight? Um, Sarah says, I wonder if you should put in the ancient Grayson Perry. I'm reading his book, Portrait of the Artist as a Young Girl. On page 115, there's a picture of his mad kid's bedroom. It says, I was a mad kid, but now I ain't. I got out because I could paint. Ah, <laughs> uh, what is using oh. it for rhyme? That, that's not so bad. Is he, though? I hope so. <laughs> I've come to love Grayson Perry through Grayson Perry's Art Club, which is, I think, one of the finest TV shows of recent times. Um, Gosh. And joking, I ain't. We've had a good email that I would like to bring to your attention, Frank, because it's about a subject that you brought up um, mere moments ago on the uh, on the radio show that we're doing. Um, it's entitled Pricked Sausage. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it begins, Good morning, everyone. During the Second World War, sausages used to have a very high water content due to the rationing of meat to fill out the sausage. You know what I mean? They put in the water. Mm. Uh, when cooked... They had to be pricked, otherwise the water would cause them to explode, and that's why they have the nickname Bangers. Today's sausages... It's good, that, isn't it? It's interesting. It is. Today's sausages, especially the more expensive ones, have very little water content. It's still good practice Mm. to prick them because of the expansion of the meat inside. I hope this helps. And then there's some praise, uh, and that's from Paul from Failsworth, Manchester. That is good knowledge. That I is like bangers. There, I did not know that. And people, I find that the our fellow presenters are always talking about playing bangers and stuff <laughs> like that. Yes. And I'm never mm. quite sure what the definition of a banger is. Is it one that you... Because I've Alan Jones on his uh, show on Classic FM says we're going to play a uh-huh. banger now and it's like a Sousa march or something like that. <laughs> Right. And, uh, Absolute banger from Handel coming up. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> that's not good, though. <laughs> Nonsense. Um, what else from the um, the old um, old on? Uh, um, outside world, outside world, oh, the outside world. Oh, I can smell the herring. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes, We've Carol. got. Are you okay, uh, Emily? It's <laughs> <laughs> reference. We've had some. Uh, do you remember? We've also been talking about people who are actually lovely off air. Oh yes, nice celebrities that I have met. Not I have met, but I mean whoever has met. Yeah, nice. it's interesting that we feel that that is the remarkable thing to meet a nice one. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who who we got? We've got a nicest celebrity, Viggo Mortensen. You familiar with Ooh. his work? Uh, Google him. I was doing extra work after leaving school. Is he an action hero? I love I was doing extra work after Kinda. leaving school. This is like my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> and I was in a battle scene. OK. Stunt guys rough, roughing me up. As I was one of only uh, a couple of extras that day, and I was getting paid the same... Um, 
he stopped the scene and I, I believe got very angry because people were roughing him up and uh, he came along for a chat and a drink and he was so nice I had oh, a cut above the eye a bit sore but wow. no stitches and a good yarn as well, you were Simon there are people you can good. talk to about this you know yeah I know. I'm supposed to be acting <laughs> isn't he <laughs> So Vigo mm. got friendly with the Atmos. He was lovely. And then we've got also <laughs> Derek <laughs> Derek from Kirkcaldy. Kirkcaldy. Okay, Kirkcaldy. I should have left that to Al. He's the Scotsman, but I'm pretty confident it's Kirkcaldy. Yeah. How do you say it? Kirkcaldy. Kirkcaldy. But I present as English. So, okay. Yeah. Mm. I didn't meet him, but I had Don't a crazy cool. event with Michael Palin. I was running for a flight with the gate closing at Manchester. Out of the corner of my eye, I caught someone I knew waved and said, can't stop, see you later. Boarded my flight and thought, OMG, that was Palin. Uh, um, oh, because you wanted to... That was at a time when you, <laughs> you wanted to see him at an airport. Because <laughs> oh. he was the most travelled man. I used. To, I remember really doing uh, st- stretching. There was three mats for stretching. When I used to go to the gym, I went to the gym because I was I was naked in a theatrical performance, and there was three stretching mats. And I was on one mat. Palin was on the next, and oh. Eleanor Bonham Carter on the other. What a sandwich! Uh, yeah, didn't come to that. Anyway, Sarah Champion's up next. Listen to Sarah. I'm going to tell you, episode three of my poetry podcast will be available on Wednesday. Um, it's Jen Hadfield who wrote an incredible collection of poetry called The Stone Age, which is all about Shetland and mystical island stuff. It's brilliant. Um, and the first two are still available from wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so stay frosty. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, thanks so much for listening today. And if the good Lord spares us, it's a strange show. I can only, I can only (laughs) apologise. You know what? Um, Even home and nods. Uh So um, if the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise, we'll be back home this time next week. Now get out.